0: I'd like us to go through some of the things that we have learned last Sunday from our study in learning how to receive from God. We do that also for the benefit, perhaps, of those who have not listened to the message and they were not with us last Sunday. We've read from, as a foundational scripture from 1 Corinthians, chapter 2 verses 9 through 12 so we're going to go through those same verses of scripture once again first of all i want to read verse 9 from 1 corinthians chapter 2 as it is written i has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love Him. This particular scripture tells us that our natural senses are incapable of knowing the wonderful things that God has already prepared for those who believe in Him. The reason being is that the things that God has prepared for us Are spiritual, and they reside in the realm of the spirit. That is why our physical senses are incapable of knowing those things except by the revelation of the Holy Spirit. We read in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, just to confirm that what I'm saying to you is scriptural. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Two things that we should notice here. The Scripture says that God has already blessed us. He's not going to bless us. He has already done it through Jesus Christ. And those blessings by which He has blessed us is spiritual. The blessings of the Lord are spiritual, and spiritual things can only be discerned and received by the Spirit. And of course these include salvation, destiny, purpose, and callings. All of those things are in the realm of the Spirit. The only way for us to know what God has given and prepared for us is to step over into the realm of the Spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to reveal them to our spirits and then give illumination to our minds. Now let's go on reading verse 10, 11, and 12. But God has revealed them to us. What's them? Them are those things that God has already prepared. God has revealed them to us through his Spirit, capital S. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit of of who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. What a wonderful verse of Scripture here. Notice, that we have not received the Spirit of the world when we got born again, but we have received the Spirit who is from God so that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. So these verses tell us that God reveals these spiritual things to us By the Holy Spirit, whom He has given to us. Scripture also tells us that in order for us to know those things, there is no other way but only through the revelation of the Spirit. So we thank God for the coming of the Holy Spirit, and through whom we know things that cannot be known any other way. And I think here, Uh, maybe we should stop and ponder and, um, and mention a few things. I don't think that we have truly appreciated the person of the Holy Spirit as much as we should in the life of the Church. We need to come to a place where we give Him the rightful place not only to acknowledge Him but also to honor Him as the Lord within the church, because the more we honor, the more we recognize, the more we rely on the person of the Holy Spirit, the greater his ministry will be to us, not just in Revelation area, but also in helping us to be the kind of people or the kind of witnesses that we should be for Jesus Christ. Now, We've, we've talked last week and we've mentioned that the ministry of the Spirit, or one of the ministries, is to give revelation knowledge of those things that belong to you as a believer. Last Sunday we've learned that receiving this kind of knowledge is the first step in receiving from God the things which he has already given us in Christ. That's the first step. When you know what belongs to you in Christ, and uh, this kind of knowledge that we're talking about empowers and positions the believer to receive. And we've mentioned, remember last week we talked about two kinds of knowledge, natural knowledge, revelation knowledge, But the knowledge that we're speaking about here is heart knowledge, revelation knowledge. The process by which the Spirit brings this wonderful revelation knowledge is through meditation in the written Word of God. Meditation brings revelation. And the more we honor and recognize the person of the Holy Spirit in our lives, The more time we spend in the Word of God with Him, the more revelation knowledge we receive. Psalm 119, verse 130 says, The entrance of your words give light. It gives understanding to the simple. Light here refers to revelation knowledge. Once we receive knowledge of what the Lord has given immediately faith is activated. Faith is born when the will of God is known. That's when faith is activated. When you receive revelation knowledge, you don't have to struggle to believe God. Faith is already there. It's not an effort. It is imparted to your spirit because you have received knowledge of the things that belong to you. And when faith is activated through revelation knowledge, coupled with patience, we receive what is given and is able to materialize or manifest in this physical, natural realm. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12 says, that you do not become sluggish or lazy, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Notice what this scripture says. We receive the promises of God, or those things which God has already given us, and they reside in the realm of the Spirit through faith and patience. Not just faith, but faith and patience, and we will explain it as we get deeper into this study. But first of all, I want us to take a look at the concept of faith. We need to understand what faith is. And I I found from my experiences, when it comes to believing God, and when it comes to the realm of faith, many believers are confused. They don't know how to believe God. Understanding the concept of faith is the key to abundant life because whatever God is going to give you, the only way you can receive it is through the avenue or the channel of faith. Faith takes what God has already given. Let me put it to you in simple terms so that perhaps you can understand it better. Faith is the spiritual hand of the believer, which reaches into the unseen realm of the Spirit, takes hold of what God has already given, and brings it from the spiritual realm into this natural and visible realm. That is what faith does. It is like a spiritual hand reaches out and takes what belongs to us in Christ and pulls it from the realm of the Spirit into this physical, natural realm where we can see it, we can feel it, we can touch it, we can smell it, and so on and so forth. For many believers, listen carefully, this spiritual hand of faith has withered away due to being inactive or lazy. Inactivity results in paralysis. Take your hand, for instance, your left or your right hand, and tie it to your body for months and don't move it. You will find that in the process of time, it gets weaker and weaker and weaker to the point of being paralyzed, especially if you're keeping it uh, unused. So that's what inactivity does. When it comes to the to the to the concept of faith, if we don't use our faith, it, it is paralyzed. Lack of knowledge on this subject resulted in paralyzing our faith. What we need to do is receive knowledge and understanding on how faith works coupled with patience and apply it daily in our lives in order to receive from God what he has already given us. Learning to exercise our faith little by little will enable it to grow and become strong in receiving from God. Jesus said that faith is like a mustard seed Though small, once it is sown or planted, that is the mustard seed, it becomes one of the largest trees in the field. The same thing with faith. Once it is exercised, it grows and grows and takes over your whole life in Christ, and you begin to live by faith, walk by faith speak by faith, and do all things by faith. The Bible says that we walk by faith and not by sight. The Bible also says that whatever is not of faith is sin. Even eating and drinking without faith is sin, according to the Word of God. We must come to that place where we live in an atmosphere of faith And we do all things by faith, because faith pleases God. The Bible says without faith it is impossible to please Him. Now, one of the first things we need to understand about faith is that faith is of the Spirit. In other words, it is a spiritual force and it works independently of our physical senses. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13 says, And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed, and therefore I spoke. We also believe, and therefore we speak. Notice the words, of this verse of scripture, spirit of faith. So faith is spiritual, patience is spiritual. Most believers are failing in this area because they endeavor to believe God with the physical senses rather than with their spirit. This is where most of us. Are failing. In other words, what do I mean by that? You cannot believe God with your physical senses. God is a spirit. The things that God gives are spiritual. The only way for you to receive them is through the Spirit and by the Spirit. They manifest in the physical, but they're not physical. You see, most believers will not believe they receive anything from God unless they first see it, or they feel it. Are you listening to me? This is very important. When it comes to exercising your faith, you've got to put your physical senses aside. You cannot believe God with your senses. You believe God with your spirit or with your heart, the Bible says. Just like Thomas did when he said to the rest of the disciples, unless I see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. You see, Thomas was trying to believe that Jesus was raised from the dead with his physical senses. And like Thomas, there are many today who will not believe what the Word of God says unless the physical senses tells them so. And that is not Bible faith. That is imitation faith. That's not spiritual faith. That's head faith. Are you listening to me? It is natural faith which is based on natural knowledge received by our physical senses. We spoke about this last Sunday. Natural knowledge is received by our five physical senses. Spiritual knowledge is received by the revelation of the Spirit. You cannot believe God with your natural senses. It's impossible. That is head faith, false faith. Now, we have discussed this in our previous lesson, and I'm just going over it again. Natural knowledge is insufficient and incapable of receiving anything from God, and this kind of faith will get us nowhere. It's like putting the cart before the horse. Jesus said that the blessed people are those who have not seen, who have not felt, yet have believed. That's where the blessing relies. You want to be blessed? You're going to have to believe God and believe His Word, and believe His promises, believe what He said, believe what belongs to you before you see it and before you feel it. If you don't believe before you see it and before you feel it, you will never have it. Are you there? Amen. Bible faith, true Bible faith, or faith which pleases God, is faith which believes the spoken or the written word of God, regardless of what our physical senses tell us. You see, God's word is not subject to our physical senses, but rather our physical senses ought to be subject to, to the word of the living god why because god is greater than our flesh doesn't take much sense to figure that out our physical senses have their place and they have been given to us to enable us to function and live in this physical world when it comes though to believing god We use our spiritual senses and not our physical ones because God is a spirit and the things of God are spiritual. If you believe what your senses tell you rather than what God reveals to you by the Spirit, then your physical senses have become your God or your master. That's why Paul calls some Christians body-ruled or carnal believers. In other words, they were ruled by the physical senses rather than being ruled or guided by the Spirit of God. In other words, if you believe what your senses tell you rather than what the Word of God says, you give greater allegiance to what your body tells you than what God's Word says. Do you see how foolish that is? It is absolutely foolish. Amen? The reason we side more with our physical senses rather than the Word of God is because we are more body conscious rather than spirit conscious. Meaning, we have not grown Or developed spiritually. And this is where most of the problems reside because of spiritual immaturity. Lack of spiritual growth produces a lot of problems in the believer's life and in the life of the church. Uh, Spiritual immature believers are selfish, they self centered, they body ruled, they can only think about themselves and no one else. Me and me, mine and me, mine. He didn't treat me right. He didn't do what is right. I expected him to do this and he didn't do it. That's mine. All of those things are childish according to the Bible. That's why Jesus said, if you want to come after me and become my disciple, the first thing you got to do is to deny yourself. You take up your cross and you follow him daily. Taking up the cross means death. Death to your own dreams, death to your own Uh, wishes death to your own carnality and to your own ambitions, and then you embrace the will of God for your life, and you live by faith, obeying the Spirit of God and living for the glory of God. Paul calls uh, people who have not grown spiritually carnal. And notice what uh, he says to the Corinthians. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. In other words, a carnal believer is a baby in Christ. And you know what babies are like. Uh, They need constant attention. Ask Emma and Peter with a little one. Uh, Constant attention. You, you, (laughs) You have to run after babies. We see here two classes of believers. The one is spiritual, and the other is carnal, according to Paul writing to the Corinthians. Spiritual believers are those who have grown and developed spiritually, but the carnal ones are those who remain babes in Christ, and they always need somebody to help them. Amen? They always need somebody to pray for them. they always in trouble. But spiritual men and women, they can take care of themselves. They can stand on their own two feet. They can believe God. They can exercise the faith, not just for themselves, but for those around them, for the loved ones. They are able to receive answers to prayer because they understand the concept of faith. And they are able to to move by the Spirit and uh, through God do great and mighty things. Now, carnal believers are not able to receive spiritual things. Their conversation centers around the five physical senses, what they see, what they hear, what they feel in the natural. I've noticed that they seem to be locked into a cycle that is centered around the five physical senses. Anytime you refer to spiritual things, or to what the Word of God says, you lose them. You give them what the Word of God says, but they will always come back. Yes, but. Yes, but. Amen? The remedy for that is for them to grow spiritually, develop the faith in the Word of God, and by the Spirit, rise up, crucify the flesh, by denying its right to dominate their thoughts, to dominate their decisions, and to dominate their entire life. And you know, I've said this before, I'm going to say it again, spiritual growth is neither a function of time or a function of learning. It is a function of obedience. We have believers who have been born again for many years, yet they have not grown spiritually. They still behave like spiritual babes we also have believers in the church who have been hearing and learning the word of god for years but they still remain as babes in christ faith on the other hand obeys the word of god faith acts on the word of god and that is how we grow and how we develop spiritually Faith is always subject to the Word of God, regardless of how I feel, what I see, or what I think. God is greater than my flesh. God is greater than my physical sight. God is greater than any of my physical senses. Another definition of faith, according to Hebrews 11, is the assurance of things not seen. In other words, faith assures us of things that we cannot see. Amen? Another translation says that faith is the evidence of things not perceived by our physical senses. Now let's look at the concept of patience. What is patience? How does patience work in relation to our faith? We're going to explain that. Once faith is activated, and released through our words and through our actions, something that we will take a closer look in another lesson. How do you release your faith? How do you exercise your faith? Once faith is activated and released, the force of patience rushes in to assist and hold our faith steadfast without wavering without giving in to pressure until what we receive by faith in the Spirit materializes in the natural. Patience is also referred to as endurance. The capacity to endure and the ability to remain constant or the same under all and any circumstances. In other words, patience is unyielding to pressure or temptation. It is unyielding to trial. And we see that throughout the Scriptures. When the three Hebrew boys were threatened that they are going to be thrown into the fire, they did not succumb to the threats. Not only did they believe God, but they were guarded with the force of endurance and patience. In other words, patience does not give in to contradictory circumstances regardless of what it looks like or regardless what it feels like. This is an attitude, I believe, that every believer needs to develop in the walk with the Lord if we desire to grow spiritually. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 36, the Word of God instructs us with the following, For you have need of patience. It doesn't say you have need of faith. It says you have need of patience that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Let me explain it this way. From the time we release our faith and believe that we receive from God until the time it manifests in the natural, in the natural, it takes an element of time. It can be a day. It can be a week. It can be a month. It can be a year or sometimes years. It, it's, it's sometimes it's short, other times it's longer, and that depends on the level of our faith or even how hard the devil fights and resists the answer or the result that we are waiting for. We need to understand that we have an adversary, and his name is Satan. He doesn't want you to receive from God, so he resists the answer. He tries to block the answer through natural circumstances. Because remember, he is the God of this natural world. He can make things happen in the natural that are contradictory to what you believe. That's why you have to hold on through patience that you have received what God promised until you see the manifestation of the thing that you've prayed for. And this is is where mostly the force of patience comes to to aid our faith and keep us steadfast in our confidence and unyielding to the natural pressure that the enemy might put around us. Concerning Abraham, the Bible says in Romans 4.19, and Abraham not being weak in faith... He did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. Here we clearly see that Abraham did not waver in his faith. He stood firm. He stood confident that what God promised, he was able to perform. What held him steadfast on the promise of God was the force of patience. That's why the Bible says, develop your patience. Amen? James says, my brothers, uh, count it all joy when you fall into various tests and trials. For when your faith is being tested, your patience is being developed. Now, this is the reason the Bible says that faith and patience inherit the promise. Therefore, in receiving from God those things which He promised us, requires us to grow in revelation knowledge, to develop our faith, and to develop the force of patience. I have noticed through the years of pastoring that some believers can only believe God for a day. If they don't see the manifestation of the prayers in a day or two, they give up, they walk away. Ah, this faith business doesn't work for me. I've tried it. You see, it's not that it doesn't work. It works when you work it, when you add patience to your faith. Hence the reason we should develop our patience so that we can remain steadfast for however long it takes. Some of my prayers, it took years for the manifestation uh, to to come. It took years of believing God and standing firm on His Word, declaring that God is faithful, that what He promised me is able to perform. And God came through. God is always faithful. He will never disappoint you once you exercise your faith and you believe and you trust Him and you remain steadfast and confident in your confession of faith. So, it's important to work on those things, to meditate on the things that we've shared today, to develop both faith and patience. Remember, that if you don't use your faith in the little things, when you are smacked with something big, you will not be able to handle it. Amen? Uh, don't, Don't wait to exercise your faith until cancer hits you. We need to exercise our faith in little things first. Believe God. As you drive, believe God for divine protection. Believe God for a parking bay. Believe God for the things that you need. Maybe you have all the things that you need. Why not do this as a, how can I put it, as a hobby? Believe God for, even if you have the money, don't buy it. Wait. Say, Lord, I'm going to trust you for this. I'm going to believe you for this. And you will see how God works. That's how faith is exercised. Amen? Are you still out there? Praise the Lord. Let's give the Lord thanks for His Word. Father, we thank You so much for the Word of God. We thank You for the blessed Holy Spirit which You have sent to live within each and every one of us. Father, make us more aware of Your Spirit's presence. Help us to honor him, to acknowledge his presence in our lives, to rely constantly on him. For your word instructs us to acknowledge him in all of our ways, then he will direct our paths. Thank you, blessed Holy Spirit, for you have come to be our helper, our teacher, our guide, our standby, and a faithful friend. Teach us how to be sensitive To your leading in Jesus' precious and wonderful name. Amen and Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.